Welcome to the Healthy Habits for Active Aging podcast with your hosts, physical therapists, Dr. Michael Gorman and Dr. Lauren Bennett. This podcast will discuss a variety of health-related topics focused on educating the aging adult, allowing for an active lifestyle no matter the age. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Healthy Habits for Active Aging Podcast. I promise you, community, you this is a very special night. We have a very special guest I'm going to talk about in just a minute. Um, but the topic for tonight is exercising after you've had a total joint replacement, whether that's um, knee, hip, oh shoot, we could even talk about uh, ankle, we could talk about shoulder as well, but I bet we're going to pro- primarily talk about the um, uh, knee and hip, but you know, I was, as I was uh, starting to study for this podcast, I did go online and the American College of Rheumatology says that in the, this year alone, there'll be 790,000 total knee replacements in the United States and over 450,000 hip replacement. So that is, that is a ton. And a question that I know I'm asked and all the time, I know that our guest, which I'll introduce her in just a second has been asked a lot is, you know, what kind of exercise can I do after my total knee replacement after my total hip? What can I do? You know, after the initial couple months of the therapy is done and the healing is starting to occur and the pain's done, what can I have to do with that? So as I promised you, tonight is super special. This guest, this is a real treat, y'all. I, I promise you. I don't know why I just said y'all because I'm not from the South, but this is a real treat because um, when I started to listen to podcasts a couple of years ago, uh, when I started my uh, mobile practice in 2020, you know, I was in the car a lot, so I started to become a huge podcast fan. And there was one physical therapist that really struck me like, oh, this girl, she's got some great guests and she's, these are a great podcast. And um, well, I have that person as my guest tonight. So our ho- our guest, and please welcome her. Her name is Dr. Karen Litzy. Hello, Karen. Hi, thank you so much for having me and for just a kind intro. Well, Karen is not only a very special friend of mine, but I think you are on podcast episode like 650. Is that right? Somewhere around that. Yeah. I, I don't want, want you to think I'm a stalker or anything like that, but you know, I just, I just looked the other day and that's about where you are. So you've been mm-hmm. podcasting how many years? Oh, like 10 years on and off. Were you the first podcast ever? Well, maybe in the PT world, but close to it. Yeah. Oh, I'm so honored and uh, uh, hopefully tonight we can share some great things with our community. Like I know you've shared so many great things over the last 10 years with your community. Um, but uh, yeah, th- this is a topic that is, I don't think talked enough about. Like I know when a patient goes in to see the orthopedic surgeon, I'm going to bet that this topic doesn't come up a whole lot. Like, well, what can I do after all is said and done? Because they're so focused on their pain and just getting any function back. They're happy with that. But then that time comes where they um, want to get back into full life. So that's what we're going to do. But but Karen, if you could, could you tell uh, Healthy Habits for Active Aging podcast? Oh, by the way, we're like on number 44. So we have nine years to go before we catch up with you. And that's if we do every week, which we're not, oh man, forget it. We're, we're not even close. But anyway, 
Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your PT background and your own business. Yeah, so I am a physical therapist and I am based in New York City. I have a private mobile practice where I go to people's homes or offices, gyms, sometimes outside if the weather is not, uh, if the weather is nice here in, in New York. And I've had that practice uh, for about 10 years now. And before that, I worked in uh, some small private practice offices here in, in New York and started my career in a hospital system in Scranton, Pennsylvania. And not only do I see patients, you know, strictly for physical therapy, but a lot of the patients that I see are people who've had total hip replacements and total knee replacements. They've completed their form of physical therapy. They've been discharged, right? So they can climb up and down their stairs if they have them here in New York. They can walk down the block, they can get around, they can do all their ADLs, no problem, which is usually about the time people are discharged. A lot of the patients that I see, a lot of the people that I see are like, well, yeah, I was discharged, but I have plans to go to Greece this summer, or I have to pick up my grandkids all the time, or I want to get back to playing softball or skiing or whatever it may be. So although, like you said, you know, the first couple of months you, you're really worried, you're really concentrating on getting range of motion and edema or swelling control and, and the basic strengths so you can do your everyday things, but people are living longer and living healthier, longer being active longer. So they're like, well, wait a second there's still a whole bunch of other stuff I have to do. And I don't think I'm strong enough for that yet. So that's kind of where I come in. Nice. Nice. Well, yeah, I think it's, it's kind of a myth and I don't know if, if orthopedic surgeons are still saying this, but that total knees and total hips last about 10 years. Now I, I think that that's perhaps old school and I've been around mm -hmm. this for a long time, probably much longer than, than you've been, but that's what it used to be. But I mean, you know, so these people not only living, you know, everyone for the most part is living longer, but they're living with their total joints for a longer period of time. So that's why right. I really, I think this, this topic tonight is so, so, so important. So, all right. So let's, let's start kind of diving in here. So let's say you've had a total knee re replacement or a total hip. What can you give us some general precautions um, to anyone that wants to get back to, again, we're talking now you've gone through your three months of physical therapy. What kind, of, what kind of precautions should we follow? Well, I think always first talk, be in contact with the surgeon. If you're the physical therapist, regardless of whether you're seeing them the first week after that knee replacement or hip replacement or three or four months after, just so that you get an idea of what was done in the surgical procedure. I know now here in New York, um, I don't know where it is on, in other parts of the country. I assume it's pretty similar is total knee replacements are way, way different than they were even 10 years ago. Now there's more robot assisted um, total knee replacements. People are going in in the morning and they're coming home in the afternoon. There's rarely a hospital stay anymore. Um, same thing with total hip replacements. They're going in, they're coming out the same day. Um, so I think it's important to talk to the doctor to see well, what kind of procedure was done, how what, what was used in the procedure. Um, and then if they have any precautions, which usually at three, four, five months out, there's not, 
many precautions. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do want to talk to the surgeon and understand how the what procedure was done, and then you can kind of take it from there. Um, most of the people that I see after they've had a total hip or total knee replacement, the doctors are like, it's been a couple months, no restrictions, you know, have at it. In the beginning for total hip replacements, um, it depends on, did you have a posterior and anterior lateral? Um, most, again, most of the patients I'm seeing now are having lateral or anterior hip replacements, but in the very beginning, if it was a posterior hip replacement, you can't, you know, all those precautions are in, don't bend the knee or the hip past 90 degrees, no crossing the legs, no internal rotation. Um, I have not seen a posterior hip replacement in quite some time. So most people are doing, most of the surgeons here are doing lateral and anterior and they're like, have fun, you know, do whatever, whatever the goal is like, let's get at it. Yeah. It's amazing. We have, um, few surgeons in St. Louis are doing super path. Have you heard of that? Yeah. And, uh, I'm sure where you're at, tons more doing it, but the outcomes are pretty amazing and what these people can do two, three, four, five days post-op is amazing. But um, yeah, it's, it's wild. I mean, seeing knee replacements where, you know, because of that kind of robotic, uh, assistance, there's less soft tissue damage there. The patients no longer need to be for the most part on heavy blood thinners like Coumadin or Xarelto. They're just on aspirin, which makes a huge difference for recovery. Swelling is less, Sometimes bruising is less, depends on the person, of course, but it's like, it's insane. And total hip replacements, like a miracle. It is. Like it's, it's pretty amazing, you know, and given when I started, you know, 20 years ago, people would have a total hip replacement. And I don't know if you remember this, they'd be like toe touch weight bearing, (laughs) uh, right? Like they had to go to inpatient rehab. You're in the hospital for a week, inpatient rehab for two to three weeks. It was bananas. You know, now it's like, you have it done. They're like, see ya. Bye. Mm -hmm. I I think some of that is because of surgical advancements. And some of that is because of insurance. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah, Forcing people out sooner, but uh, yeah, some, sometimes I'm amazed that people come home as quick as they do. But anyway, uh, yeah. And I think that because uh, not, not to get, not to get too off track, but because I think that total hips and total knees, what I say earlier, like set, almost 800,000 total knee re- replacements are done every year. People think, Oh, it's just a common surgery. It's not really a big deal, but I make sure to emphasize, emphasize to every patient or every one of my family. I have a cousin that just had total knee and I talked to her two or three days before and she really wasn't aware of the extent of what this surgery is and the and the commitment that it takes postoperatively to even get that what we want back from a range of motion or strength standpoint and the amount of pain that one has. And um, so please make sure that you all understand that this is a big deal. I always tell people if you're going to have especially total knee, have it in your downtime, if you will. If you're a big time golfer don't have this done in the summer because it's going to put you out for a while. So, right. Um, yeah. It's, I'm glad that you mentioned that because it is a big deal. Like if you think about it, total hips and total knee, it's, it's a controlled break. Right. Absolutely. And so I always tell people like, you have to respect the surgery. Like you had c- controlled broken bones with hardware inserted into them. So it takes time. And yes, there's pain and yes, there's, 
there's discomfort, there's swelling, but like all that's normal in the beginning, mm -hmm. right? But it's still a lot of work. And if you're, you have to go into these surgeries, really being committed to put in the hard work that it takes to get back. Like I tell most people, it's like, it's a year. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's a, and no one wants to hear it, but it's right. a year. Totally agree. Right? Yeah. Yep. It's not like, and then they'll say, oh, the doctor said I'll be fine in three months. I'm like, yeah, you'll be <laughs> fine, but you'll feel more like yourself in a year. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, no, you're totally, you're totally right. And, you know, when I was a student, this was in the days before the World Wide web and before the YouTube sensation, um, I got to observe surgery because that's oftentimes what you do as a student. Yeah. And, I got to observe a total knee replacement being done. And I'm like, oh my God, these guys, these sort of peak surgeons are just like glorified carpenters. It was amazing. Yeah. What I saw, Hammers but, and mallets. Every, and, but once I saw that, I'm like, ah, I get it. Now I understand why the patients that are coming in to see me are in so much pain. So, okay. Yeah. So what, what do you think is a general time frame for a patient? I know this is going to vary, but to get back uh, to their exercise that they want that that they were doing before their pain shut them down what how many months let's just again let's go with the total knee and total hip let's let's mm -hmm. get your opinions on both those yeah and i think of course it's the pt answer right it depends but one thing that it really depends upon is how debilitated were they going into surgery meaning how long were they incapacitated before they go in for surgery because you know some people will put up with the the pain of osteoarthritis for a very long time and their lives will shrink. They'll say, oh, well, I, I don't have to walk that extra block or blocks or, oh, I'll just take, I'll just drive or take it. I mean, I'm in New York City, take a taxi. I don't need to go for that walk in the park. So their lives will shrink considerably and they won't be as mobile. So, you know, then you don't have the same kind of um, muscle strength and power that you would otherwise versus someone who, um, like I have a patient who had a total hip replacement a few months ago, but she had just a really rapid, sharp decline, you know, in like four weeks, it got really bad. She was like, I'm having, I'm having the total hip replacement. So in her case, it's not like she was incapacitated for months or years, which can sometimes happen when you are seeing someone who had a total hip or total knee replacement. So for some of those people, it's getting back to maybe where they were months or years prior to the total hip replacement or total knee replacement. And that's where we as physical therapists have to do a really thorough job at our evaluation of really asking those questions of like, okay, so you had this hip replacement. How long do you feel you were incapacitated before this? You know, how, what sort of impact did it have on your life? And I always ask people, what were you doing before? Like I've had people who are like, you know, I just want to walk a block to go to the restaurant at the corner. I don't really exercise. I don't really do much. I just don't want to have that pain. Sure. Okay. Sure. And that's fair. Right. Absolutely. Right. And then you have people who might have been um, big walkers, runners, bikers, and if we can get the capacity and endurance of those muscles back, then, you know, they might be able to do it. But I try not to make any promises on that first or, or second visit. Um, 
but I, I think it just depends on what the shape they were in before they went in for that surgical procedure. Um, that being said, I, like I said earlier, I tell people like, you know, give it a year. Um, but a year and then you'll be like, oh yeah, I did have that surgery. You know, it's kind of like, oh yeah, I had my hip yeah. replaced a year ago. I can't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. I find that, I don't know what your experience is, but I find that total hip replacements can tend to, people who have total hip replacements tend to get back to their um, routine, whether it's their workout routine or life routine, maybe a little bit faster than people who have had total knee replacements. That's just been my experience. Of course, you have the one off here and there. Yeah. Um, I don't, was, has that been your experience as yeah, well? Yeah, I agree. No, I think that uh, total hips definitely come back quicker and, and I'm the same as you. I tell people, look, this is going to take, especially after total knee replacement, I said, this is going to take a year before you're back to where you want to be or where, you know, before it's normal and you're not thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And they always give me this terrible look because no one's ever told me a year what are you talking about? I said, well, it's, it, you're not going to be in, your pain is going to get better and better every week, every month, but I'm saying it'll be a year before you're moving and you're not thinking, oh yeah, I did that. I'm not thinking about it. And, mm -hmm. and so with, with that in mind, like what, if you have someone who's more athletic and they want to get back to either pickleball or cycling, or maybe even running, which we'll talk about here soon, but would, would you say like, I think from a, a total knee replacement, mm, getting back into those things, I might say four to six months. Generally. Yeah, I was, I was going to say about six months. Yeah. yeah. I think that's fair. Yeah. And I think it's a realistic expectation, right? You don't want to set people up to fail um, by saying, oh yeah, you'll be doing this in three months. And then they're like, wait, what happened now? If someone's a big golfer. Yeah. You yeah. can golf at three. You can golf at three months. Sure. Yeah. For sure. Why not? You may not be able to walk the course. You may get a little tired, um, but the mechanics of golfing and everything, I think you can definitely get back to that in about three months or so. Um, cycling. I think it, again, it depends certainly indoor. If you're going to, if you want to take like a spin class or something like have at it, you know, you can certainly do that at around three months or four months. You just may have to adjust some things Absolutely. and, I think it's important to note that you can do the things you were doing before, just maybe not at the same intensity right away, but you can build things up, you know? So I think getting people back to some sort of semblance of the things they were doing before, whether it's for less time, less intensity, less, um, I don't know, weight, let's say, right? Mm -hmm. um, less low, less overall load. And then you slowly have them build up the load. That's and that's therapy too, right? That's training. Absolutely. That's, I tell every patient that I see, whether they're total joint or whatever, low back pain, whatever it is, when you start getting back to the things that you want to do, you've got to do maybe 20% of it that first time and just see how you tolerate it. Mm -hmm. And you have to progress. It's just taking baby steps so we don't overstress that joint or that low back or whatever it is. Um, and I think that's super important. I also think it's really important for the patient. Um, if it is a more athletic patient to make sure that you link up with the right physical therapist for you, mm -hmm. because I always say that physical therapist, a is not equal to B is not equal C. And sometimes, um, 
you want someone not that's aggressive, but maybe more proactive. If you are that patient that wants to get back to cycling, pickleball, running, um, golfing, you know, all those things, because those are going to make more physical demand on your body. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Healthy Habits for Active Aging podcast. If you have any questions for Dr. Gorman or Dr. Bennett, please send an email to info at imovephysicaltherapy.com. To learn more about healthy aging, visit our website at imovephysicaltherapy.com. Like what you hear? Be sure to rate and subscribe. See you next week.